Welcome to the WRSU Crew, the revolutionary show to hear all things sports, from your very own Rutgers Athletics to the hot topics in all professional and collegiate sports from around the globe. Coming to you from your own Rutgers students. Sit back, relax, and enjoy your ride with the crew. Back from spring break and fully into spring as the winter season for college sports comes to a close for Rutgers, the National Wrestling Championships over the weekend, and Rutgers men's basketball falling in the first four of the NCAA Men's Basketball Championship in double overtime to Notre Dame 89-87 a couple days ago at this point. But uh, yeah, welcome back to the WRSC crew. We've been off for spring break, and uh, now we're here to talk a lot about uh, Rutgers men's basketball and the season that we have had now that it is over. Uh, Dennis Geisler, Jack Basaya, Chris Akonis will be joining us back in just a moment. But Jack, I mean, you were following this team closely all year. It's hard to see the team lose like that, but what a season it's been. <laughs> I, I think it's still a little too raw to talk about in depth, but, you know, we're here right now and, you know, we're going to have to do it. But, uh, yeah, Dennis, you said it exactly. What a season. Like, <laughs> what what a season. We experienced the lowest of lows, the highest of highs, and definitely Wednesday night was the lowest of lows. But, you know, at the same time, it was also, you know, the highest of highs. This team was able to, you know, get to the NCAA tournament when no one thought they were going to be able to. I mean, we remember back in January where the NCAA tournament was basically written, was written off entirely, and the NIT was about to be written off. That's how far down this program was in January and then they turned it around and made the NCAA tournament I think that's an incredible achievement in itself looking at it and covering this team you know for the Targum and of course doing work with WRSU throughout the season it's, it, it's just been an incredible ride I mean Lafayette lost in uh on Thanksgiving and then turning around beat number one Purdue I'm sorry Lafayette was just for Thanksgiving turn around beat number one Purdue in December you know, a little January swoon where we lost to some teams that we could have beaten. And then in February, of course, the iconic four-game win streak over ranked teams really got us back into NCAA tournament contention where we really thought we weren't going to get to. And then, of course, the end of the season, you know, Ron Harper Jr.'s incredible shot against Indiana at Assembly Hall. You're going to remember that for a long time along with his shot against Purdue. And then the senior day, which was very emotional, you know, sending off a grip sending off a great group of seniors that me personally was the reason I got so involved in Rutgers basketball. I mean, they, I think they, I think they really mean a lot for everyone who's a fan of Rutgers and, you know, it's tough to see them, tough to see them bid goodbye, but you know, good things have to end sometimes. And uh, then of course in the postseason, obviously didn't go the way we wanted to tough end to the big 10 tournament and an even tougher end to the NCAA tournament double overtime. Yeah. I mean, I, I I don't know. Do you <laughs> do you want to go into that game? Um, I mean, we 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 <laughs> did played well on offense. That's the thing. I you, mean, the game wasn't. It was a close game. Uh, look, at, look at the stats. Rutgers shot. Is this Rutgers? Yes, it's Rutgers. Fifty point seven percent from the field. Forty point seven percent from three. Now I'm going to pull up the game by game log, Dennis, and I'm going to see what our record was when we shoot forty plus percent from three. I guarantee you. It's going to be very good, and one of the losses is going to be UMass. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know how many times they even shot that well from three. It just didn't <laughs> it, happen all that much over the course of the season. They played well. 
Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you look at the Brock score. Caleb McConnell was unconscious, man. I mean, yeah, I mean, that, <laughs> and then, if if we had moved on from that game and it was not the end of the season, the story of that I mean, game would have been Caleb McConnell, Big Ten Offensive Player of the Year. <laughs> go, past, go past Caleb McConnell, though. Ron Harper Jr., 22 points. Mm-hmm. Would you want 22 points for Ron Harper Jr. going to the game? I think so. And then also 22 points on 14 shots. I think that goes um, very very o- overlooked you know the efficiency that you're able to score mm-hmm. your points on I mean Johnny Davis was not putting on an efficiency uh show in the NCAA tournament uh and I can point to a couple other guys who also did the same but Ron Harper Jr. is very efficient for the field Geo Baker big shot maker I mean made- that's the thing you also got our like the, the the real clutch moments that we get from this team we absolutely got in that game oh, with Geo sure. Baker and Ron Harper Jr. hitting some really crazy shots I mean, towards the end. The of reason it. why we had a chance to win, where unfortunately Ron and Gio weren't able to make shots back to back to end the game in regulation. The only reason we were there was because of Gio. I mean, Gio mm-hmm. was unconscious down the stretch, and then you look at Cliff. I mean, Cliff's a dunking machine. Fifteen points, six rebounds. We'll get to his defense in a bit, but he was uh, he was very good offensively. Paul Mulcahy, we'll we'll get to him as well. Um, in general, but eight points, usually what you get from him. Three for 11 from the field is not ideal. I'll just say that up front. But he had a big shot in overtime, which should have mm-hmm. should have ended the game. And, you know, that that leads me to the defense, which it looked like Rutgers. It, honestly, Dennis, I think you could say this a lot with a lot of Big Ten teams. They are in for a rude awakening when they leave Big Ten basketball when it, when it comes to style of play. Because Notre Dame was completely different from any team that we've played, meaning they're very fast. They use their speed to their advantage. Um, they wanted to get downhill on us. It was a very different style of play than what you see from the Michigans, the Michigan States, the Illinois, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, the best comparison could be Iowa, but Iowa doesn't move the way um, move the way Notre Dame does, and they also don't have the athletes that Notre Dame does. I mean, Blake Wesley was very athletic. Um, Prentiss Hub, their guard was very good. I mean, Cormac Ryan was firing from three. He had a really good game in their first round game. I think it was against Alabama. Yeah, I think Alabama. Was, he had a great game. And you know, they Notre Dame was a good team. Notre Dame was a good team. And I haven't even talked about the name that I think should be a curse word in New Jersey at this <laughs> point. Um, Chris, you, Chris, you joined us in the studio. Can you please explain the main reason why Notre Dame was able to put up eighty nine points? Paul. Atkinson. Junior. Oh, oh, he's a junior. That's mm-hmm. right. I, I kind of forgot that. Yeah, the transfer from Yale who destroyed the hopes and dreams of Rutgers fans up and down the parkway. I, I mean, I don't know what it was. I mean, look, first, let me just say, when I'm talking about Rutgers defensively, I mean, look, Caleb McConnell was terrific. Geo Baker had some good defensive plays. Uh, Ron, I thought, was pretty solid. But I think, in particular, Paul Mulcahy and Cliff Amori did not have good defensive games. Yeah, like, at the end of the day, Rutgers was playing man. Most of the man assignments were going fairly well, but specifically that center matchup got absolutely exploited time after time. It felt like Amari did not have any individual, like, moment that he won that matchup defensively. And also Reber, too, because let's not forget, Amari was that is on the bench well. for the back half of the first half. Uh, because he had picked up two early fouls, and then, you know, to his credit, did a good job staying out of foul trouble in the second half, which allowed him to play through two overtimes. But mm-hmm. also, Mulcahy, I thought, had a really tough defensive game. 
Yeah. It felt like, I mean, you know, in the heat of the moment, it might have been exaggerated a little bit, but it felt to me like he was getting beat on the dribble like every time that they drove to the basket. And I think that goes to the point that I was saying, Chris, about how Rutgers kind of got shell-shocked, per se, about the style that Notre Dame played, if you know what I'm saying. Because Notre Dame, you watched that game on Wednesday. You were literally courtside for that game. That they was a lot of they fun. Don't, they don't I, play I, I like played a big, Spot the Sacco on my TV. Uh, a lot of people were. I don't know what it is, whether I'm in the student <laughs> section, whether I'm courtside. People go out of their way to like text me to let hey. them know that they can see me, and it always drives me nuts. Popular I am man. not that interesting of a person. I really am not. I'm just a kid. I just, I just, I, I show up. I do what the station asks me to do. I broadcast the games, and I, I just, I just don't. I just want to be left alone. You know, that's all. You're the you're Rutgers' most interesting man, Chris. I really not. don't think I am. I think there are a lot of more interesting people at this university than Chris Sakonis. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, we were there. Yeah, and, and I will say this: so seeing some of the ridiculous shots that were made on both sides, like with that view. Yeah. Even though I'm still very much salty about the result, that's an experience I'll never forget. It was um, a great game. I mean, look at, it was looking from looking from an unbiased perspective. It's a great game. I would say before be Arizona best. TCU. I'm sorry, I mean to cut you off there, Jack. Before Arizona TCU, I would have made a case that it was the best game of the first weekend. I still say it's the best game of the first I, weekend. I you still, still think, think it was yeah. better than that? That was a good game last night between Arizona and Texas and TCU, but I don't know. I unbiased perspective that was a phenomenal basketball game i think Rutgers definitely just showed that they deserve to be in the tournament like they didn't get washed and lose you know what i'm saying like i think i think i think Rutgers, any either team could have won that game either team could have won that game and unfortunately we were on the short end of the stick and and i think this is a weird thing to say but i think that the game benefited from neither team coming in with especially higher or lower expectations than the other. Like, they're both first four teams. They were literally right next to each other in terms of the last four teams in. They were the second-to-last and third-to-last teams in. So they came in with fairly equal expectations, whereas something like Arizona-TCU, if TCU beats Arizona, it's a gigantic upset. If Arizona beats TCU, Arizona may still storm to the finals. Um, But either way, I mean, I... It really, it really was a great game. Like that was one of the one of the ways I consoled myself is that it really was a great game, and Rutgers I, really could have won that game. I was too nervous to recognize. Like I knew that I was watching a great game, but I didn't really, didn't really comprehend it because I was just too caught up in like the nerves of it. I will say too, it was also I wasn't sure what the atmosphere would be like because you know it's the first four. It's you know in the national basketball landscape, it's not quite viewed as as big of a deal as the first round, which. You know, I think is is uh, kind of a joke, but I'll I'll, uh, I'll I'll digress on that. I I thought the atmosphere was outstanding. First of all, there there was not an empty seat in that building. Um, How much of it was Rutgers fans? That's that I was going to get to my next number point. of Notre Dame fans and... from the lower deck and, and like the upper level is like just along the sidelines. It's kind of like the rack in that respect, where like it kind of goes out into the darkness. So you couldn't really see what the upper deck situation was like. Mm-hmm. But at least for like the lower bowl, it was, I would say, about 50-50. That's actually really surprising. Because, I mean, Notre Dame fans travel, and they're already, like, South Bend is not that far from Dayton. No, I know. It's about three, three and a half hours. I have a buddy that, that goes to school there. That's how I know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, 
It was also a little, the TV was a little deceptive too because a lot of the Rutgers fans were opposite the Rutgers bench. In other words, behind where me and Dylan were. Um, so, you know, you couldn't really. It, it The TV was a little deceptive. It made it look a little mm-hmm. more Notre Dame heavy. But that building got loud every time either team made a play. And it was just. That is pretty cool. It was also a cool atmosphere too because the game before was Bryant Wright State. Mm-hmm. And Wright State is like two miles away from the University of Dayton. It's literally the next closest thing. The only way it would have been more. Of a home crowd, as if Dayton themselves made the first four, which mm-hmm. they almost did. Which they almost did. Let's go, Richmond. <laughs> that, that, that would have been cool unless we were playing them, in which case it would have been terrifying. But um, <laughs> I'm actually kind of, I mean, Dayton, uh, there are some things I can say about that city. Uh, some good, some bad. The one good thing I will say is they love their college basketball out there. It's almost like a mini indie in that respect. And, and why wouldn't you? I mean, Dayton is consistently one of the best mid majors in college basketball year in and year out. I mean, the one year when they were really good. Uh, unfortunately, um, external circumstances prevented them from showing it in the tournament. <laughs> them and San Diego State, I think, are the two biggest what-ifs uh, on oh, the national yeah, I scene. I mean, of course, State. from Rutgers fans, we're going to look at it from our perspective. But mm-hmm. from the national viewpoint, that those were the two big what-ifs. Yeah, that was a really big season. Uh, and also a certain uh, school up in uh, in South Orange that we're going to talk a little bit about later because there's Ooh, some I news out of there. <laughs> Jerry Carino coming on at 6.30 to talk about, among other things, the passing of Tom Young. Uh, the news of uh, Kevin Willard leaving to go to Maryland was confirmed this morning. Yes. And, and of course, the outrageously entertaining run that we are getting out of the St. Peter's Peacocks up in Jersey City. We'll also have Dom Savino to talk about that at 7. Uh, he's, brought, he's a WRSU alum. He's broadcasted a ton of... 